Welcome to Matthew Felix, the radio episodes, words, and images. I'm Matthew Felix, author of the novel A Voice Beyond Reason and the travel story collection With Open Arms, short stories of misadventures in Morocco. In February 2018, what is now my Matthew Felix On Air video podcast began as an internet radio program in downtown San Francisco. The radio episodes, Words and Images podcast, feature segments from that radio show in which I converse with writers, photographers, filmmakers, and more. I hope you like the show. And don't forget to check out the current incarnation, Matthew Felix On Air, available here as well as on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening and talk soon. Litquake is an annual literary festival started in 1999 in San Francisco that has since spread to cities throughout the country and even abroad. The festival consists of readings, discussions, and themed events, and it's heralded as the largest literary event west of the Mississippi. Per Litquake's website, to date, 7,100 authors, I didn't even know we had that many in the country, I guess, <laughs> and uh, 145,854 I like that too. 54 attendees have participated in the festival. So again, this is not a small, uh, a small event. It would take several episodes to list all the well-known authors who have appeared in th at the festival over the years. But just to give you an idea, Amy Tan, Patti Smith, Tom Waits, Dave Eggers are just a very, very few of them. Jane Ganahl is co-founder of Litquake. Jane is an author, journalist, editor, freelance writer, ghostwriter, screenwriter, teacher, <laughs> public speaker, and I had to edit out a few other things in the interest of time. So uh, check out her website, which I'll give you that later. Uh, but she's also the author of the book, Naked on the Page, editor of Single Woman of a Certain Age, and contributor to half a dozen anthologies. Jane is frequently called upon to moderate panels and do onstage Q&As. She has taken the stage at Litquake, the Throckmorton. Throckmorton Theater, the Commonwealth Club, the Sausalito Women's Club, and at the Jewish Community Centers in Palo Alto and San Francisco. She has interviewed Chelsea Handler, Molly Ringwald, Nora Ephron, Amy Tan, and more. So actually, once again, she should probably be doing my job today, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, Jane also teaches, so there you go, uh, mainly at the SF Writers, the San Francisco Writers Grotto, although she has also taught at Book Passage, San Jose State, and Rancho La Puerta. She has appeared on the Today Show and radio shows from the Sirius Network to NPR to, of course, Matthew Felix on Air. She has contributed to the Huffington Post, VanityFair.com, Harper's Bazaar, Ladies Home Journal, Salon.com, and RollingStone.com, again, among many others. Not surprisingly, Jane has been awarded by the Society of Professional Journalists for her work. Welcome, Jane. You have just set way too high a bar for me to hey. ever come up that high. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I left out quite a lot in the interest of time, even though uh, it might the, not have sounded that way. I think the only thing you left out was Cat Rescuer. And that's you know what? I thought about that, but that seems like no, it's almost a whole other oh, show. that's a whole other show. Yeah. 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 We can leave that one for now. Yeah. I thought, I literally walking in today, I thought, should I mention the cat? her cat rescue work because that's so important only if we run out of things to say if we run and out I of don't stuff think we will i don't think we're going to run out of things will. to say no. either but uh -uh. um but we can maybe talk about the cat rescue on another show because i could tell i, I did read you know excerpts uh, in your blog and i saw that that's a really big part of it is of it's your non-lit quake of life who i am yes yeah. exactly all right uh so words matter yes why and of course, you can interpret that as you like, but that's the motto of Litquake. So I thought we'd start with that. You know, that actually, we never actually had a real motto until um, uh, Trump took office. And then 
we saw ourselves as another entity that sort of owed it to our audience to give them what they needed. And I don't mean like entertainment wise, but in terms of, I don't know, uh, articulating the anguish that everybody was going through and also to kind of play against the president's fast and loose use of the English language. So words matter became kind of our, our motto and our anthem going forward. Okay, interesting. So that's recent. That's yeah, a recent edition. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Just okay. the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that was kind of my point, you know, where there's the political aspect, of course. We text in fragments now, you know, there's, there's talk about, you know, the, the novel and, and it being a, a, um, a form that we continue using so much going forward. But then so much of what we hear and see day to day is now suspect. And so words do matter. So they yeah. really do matter. Yeah. Yeah. They comfort and they can also challenge and they, they need to clarify if, you know, and help us rise above, uh, some of the awfulness that we're dealing with these days. Some of the awfulness, some of our challenges. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's not talk about today for a moment. Let's go back 18 years. Oof. And I know you can do it. And <laughs> you are at the Edinburgh Castle. Yes. Which is a pub here in San Francisco. And you are with Jack Bulware. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, you end up deciding that San Francisco needs a literary festival. So what was that evening like? And how did this... What was the, how did that come about? You know how I think that came about is that um, both Jack and I were journalists at the time. He was with the SF Weekly and I was with the Examiner and then Chronicle. And we just, in the course of doing our jobs, met a lot of authors, writers, you know, who became authors. Uh, one of my dearest friends at the time was Poe Bronson, who I don't think at, at that point, maybe he hadn't yet had his first big bestseller. But we were all just kind of sitting around having beer and thinking, oh, you know, so-and-so's got a new book coming out. Oh, and so and you know, we figured out we knew about, I don't know, a good number of people that were having books coming out because it was sort of a, a boom in the San Francisco uh, literary awareness in, in terms of how the country was seeing us. And so we thought it'd be so easy to just invite 20 people to do readings on a, on a Friday afternoon <laughs> in Golden Gate Park. And so it was, we did it. It was fairly easy. Um, I think that we, we got one newspaper article about it in advance and we had 400 people show up. Really? It was astonishing. Really? We, were, we were floored. It was in the band shell at Golden Gate Park and the fog was blowing in. It was freezing. And we thought we'll get 10 people and we got 400. So we thought we're wow. on to something here. Well, that was, that was going to be my next question is, yeah. did you know right away that you were on to something? And clearly you just answered that. We, 400 people show up when you're expecting 10. That's a good I know, sign. I know. We just, you know, as they used to say in the newspaper world, like run it up the flagpole and see if anybody salutes. And yeah. it turned out a lot of people. People were, were excited about it. So, yeah, so it kind of grew from there. And because Jack and I were full-time employed, you know, we we didn't have the bandwidth to devote a huge amount of time to it, but it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, you know, first um, two days on a weekend and then a three-day weekend and then three-day weekend plus the evening before. And before we know it, it's like this this year it's 11 days long right. with about 175 events i think we're not quite sure we we're still programming but it'll yeah. be around that yeah. so 
So in 2002, so initially it wasn't called LitQuake. It was called LitStock. LitStock, exactly. And, but in 2002, you decided to rechristen it as LitQuake. What was, uh, where did... There what, was another LitStock somewhere in oh, the country or something like okay. that. And um, we just kind of, and also we just kind of wanted to reinvent it as a more um, dynamic. Before that, it had just been readings, just 100% readings and we thought you know we need to kind of up our game a little bit yeah and the the dot bomb was over and things were starting to kind of pick up again i've never heard that expression oh That's a yeah. Great one. yeah late 90s yeah, I've heard that, yeah huge well it was kind of like now you know no i list of, it yeah but i just never heard dot bomb that's dot a good one bomb. yeah i don't know how i missed that yeah I, yeah yeah the, but that, that hit you guys as well Yes, exactly. Yeah. In terms of funding and whatnot, so we kind of when we reinvented, we made a new name for ourselves. Who came up with the name? Because it's a great name. We had one of those goofy uh, naming sessions where we had a professional namer come. A professional in. namer. Did you know there were? Such I did not. People? Again, no. I've, I'm already learning oh, so much. Oh, trust me. I mean, all, all these tech firms in San Francisco. You know, I'm sure they all use people like that, and they get paid very healthily yeah we got somebody who gave us her services for free and it was great and it was just a matter of using the big chalkboards lit and then what and what san francisco lit fog lit this and we came up with lit quake right so which is perfect yeah it's perfect um okay so like you said over the years lit quake got bigger and bigger and i'm gonna throw out some statistics just to kind of illustrate that even a little a little further 2003, the festival featured 100 authors who participated over four days. Mm -hmm. 2004, up to 175 authors in nine days. 2005, nine days, including 250 Bay Area participating authors and 7,000 attendees. 2006, almost 8,000 attendees and over 300 authors. So again, growing in leaps and bounds. Yes. But let's go, or let's fast forward to last year, 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know the stats off the top of your head? Should oh, I read them? I'm thinking <laughs> uh, like 14,000 attendees yes, 14, and about 600 and something authors. Oh, you're not doing yourself justice. 700? More. How do I not know this? I don't I'm know. Ashamed. Thank God I did the research. 850 <laughs> authors. Okay. That's right. insane. That's why you don't know that. Yeah. It's I, too I, many I, for I, you to remember. Well, after a while, we had to break off the chunk that is the lit crawl and let somebody, it was just too much, you know, for for the, the central office to handle because at one, you know, there was like a hundred venues all up and down the mission. Yep. And uh, it, so we needed to designate and pay somebody that's going to manage what a nice, that. What a nice problem to have. I know. Uh -huh. um, but along those lines, 180 events in total in 160 venues, 86% of which were free. So yep. we're going to talk about that in a second. 90 literary partners, 45 sponsors, 800 books given to children. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that as well. But I'm just curious, kind of on a personal note, how does it feel to see this idea that you had at a bar 18, 19 years later become this just incredible event that's not even now just in San Francisco, but it's across the country? Right. I mean, and you're obviously not someone who rests on your laurels because you're still working, you know, making it bigger and better. But do you ever just stop and think... This is pretty cool. I feel really good about this. I hope you do. I do. And yeah. in fact, um, you know, it's a, it's kind of a whirlwind, the actual festival. It's pretty exhausting. Um, but I think that I we're, I'm very glad that we ended up making the Lit Crawl the final night of the festival. And I try to not have too much hands-on stuff to do that night so that I can just go, so that I can bop into it. different and, and just marvel at at you know what has been created i will not in any way take 
credit for the lit crawl because the able team that puts that on is just remarkable. Right, right. Um, you had some very well, again, I just want to continue to kind of paint this complete picture for people who aren't familiar with Lit Crawl or Lit Quake or both. Um, you also have a lot of big names who comes. Like I said, I mentioned a few a second ago. Uh, but can you tell us about a couple from last year that you had, some of the big names? Mark, maybe? Oh, Mark Marin. For example. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is, as it turns out, oddly, a personal friend of Jack's, my partner's, uh -huh. um, from, boy, 20 years now. And he's done the festival a couple of times. And his events always sell out. Yeah. Um, he's got quite a following. He has a huge following. <laughs> and his podcast, too. Who else did we have last year? You had. I'm, I'm going to cheat. No, you don't have to. I, I put you on the spot, but I told you. I've, I've done my research just in case. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Chris Krause, author, filmmaker, Kathy Acker, biographer, Chris oh, Krause, yes. whose book, I Love Dick, is the basis of exactly. the Amazon series. You are um, picking events that I had nothing to do with, but I'll try not to take offense at okay, that. Okay, there's... Those both Jack's events. All right, well, I'm going to quiz you. We'll see if number three... Okay. There's a renowned musician who has a very famous musician's son who had a book out. Oh, no. Not Thomas Dolby. That was the year no. before. No. Does he also have a famous musician's son? I don't know. Uh, Luden... Loudon? Loudon Wainwright. Sorry, Loudon. Oh, yeah. now that was my event. <laughs> That oh, was no my event. Then. I should have known. No, you were off the hook for the first two. That was um, that was an amazing event too, and it was um, it was wonderful because he talked about his memoir, which is a great, great book. By Liner the way. notes, liner notes, and also sang some songs. So he was very entertaining. And the I remember about that event that the the book signing line was just heroically long and he just spent time with every single person that really wanted. yeah he was oh, really sweet. sweet that's really sweet um okay so let's talk a little bit about lit crawl in 2000 and, and how it came to be because i okay. loved how it how it came to be here in 2004 you saw an interesting usa today report do you remember that <laughs> yes okay Tell me, tell us about that. I think that was that the was one funny. that that said that um, San Francisco led the country in both drinking and book con consumption of both books and alcohol. Books and booze. Books and booze. Books and booze. Yeah. And since there was already sort of a publishing meetup called Books and Booze, we thought we would call it um, well the Lit Crawl because, in the true sense of the word, it is a crawl. It goes sort of up the the Valencia Street co corridor and sort of side streets. And uh, it's all free. You know, yeah. you just kind of stumble in. And there are a good number of bars if you want to kind of right. stop and so have, you a, can, have a break, so You can speak. consume the booze in addition to the books. Exactly. That evening. Uh, I wonder if that's still true. Because that was a long time ago. San Francisco's changed a lot. I wonder if we still consume twice the amount of booze and books. I don't think so, probably. I suspect we don't. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Lit Crawl is now the world's largest such event. And uh, it has been dubbed Literary Mayhem at its finest. Mm -hmm. And like we just said, the readings take place up and down the Valencia Corridor in bars, in bookstores and galleries and lots of other places up and down Valencia and the adjoining streets. Um, but last year, just again to give some idea of some of the events at Lit Crawl, we had Mystery Writers of America, The Introvert Happy Hour, A Muni Diaries Haiku Battle, which I heard got really <laughs> ugly and violent. <laughs> Drag Queens and Lit, The Joan Didion Power Hour, Sex, Sin, and Rock and Roll, which is just, you know, um, I, hope, I hope they carded people for that one. <laughs> Social Justice and Hacker Space, and many, many more. Um, 
So the first lit crawl, though, how? Because uh, that again, that we just said that was when two thousand. What did I say? Two thousand four. So how did that compare? I mean, it was obviously smaller, but I'm just curious, sort of in spirit, did you did you change much, or is it really just essentially the same event, just a lot bigger now? Well, kind of both. I mean, um, in the very beginning, I think the lit crawl was sort of the spillover receptacle for ideas that we had for the main festival but maybe couldn't find a venue for. Okay. And we, I think, did a lot of the programming ourselves for the Lit Crawl, but we've gotten smart in recent years and have started asking organizations to propose ideas to us for a Lit Crawl event and then kind of follow through with those and... I program them. Right. And they so find in other words, you're going to be at the um, Traveler's Tales. Traveler's Tales. We don't curate that. We give Traveler's Tales a venue. We kind of, we try to match organizations or publishers or whatever with a venue. And then it's up to them to figure out who appears, which is kind of the genius of the event, I have to say, because it would be a full-time job for somebody to curate themselves, you know, a hundred you know, venues, um, during the course of the year. So, um, it's, it's a delight for us to be able to include so many community and literary groups, you know, every, everything from 826 Valencia to, well, you know, McSweeney's, I guess they're just right across the street. So that's a bad example. There's a little relationship there. Yeah, Yeah. A little relationship there, but, um, just all kinds of different, you know, radar readings and, the city, in case you hadn't noticed, is absolutely exploding with reading series and literary classes and MFA programs. And so they all want to be part of it. So I have noticed, and that's a wonderful segue, because I've also noticed that, as no doubt you have as well, that, and we just kind of alluded to this a second ago when, when we were talking about, well, do we think that statistic, we consume twice the books and twice the booze still stands? And uh, we, you know, the city has changed so much. I've been here 20 years. I've been through both of the booms and the, the bomb. And um, so I'm wondering, in your experience, being at the epicenter, basically, of the literary scene, we have all of these readings that are blossoming. We have all these things at the same time that we have so many writers, artists, creative people who have to leave the city. I know. So how, I, how do you think, I mean, I guess I don't even really know what the question is here. I mean, there, so that seems really ironic. Um, are you, are you surprised at all by this ongoing and even increasing interest at the exact same time that so many creative, again, writers, artists have to actually leave? Well, I will say that we are trying to do more and more events in the East Bay because I feel like that's kind of what San Francisco was when we first started this festival. Right. Um, and Oakland especially. So we're planning, you know, a good number of events over there. But it does become harder, more challenging to, you know, program for the kind of ever-changing tastes of San Francisco. And, you know, we thought for a time, for example, that, well, there's so many tech people here. If we offer more events with authors who write about tech, that will draw those people in. But it kind of hasn't, you know. So we, I mean, all all we can do is keep keep trying to stay ahead of it, stay nimble, stay on our feet. 
and really kind of keep taking the temperature of the city to see what it wants. So either, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here, um, either the tech people who now represent such a huge part of our population, particularly in the mission, right. uh, they don't want to go to readings about tech because they're already living and breathing it, it. Yeah. or it's a different demographic who's showing up to the events or probably somewhere in between, I guess. Maybe that, yeah, I, I think that's probably very true. I think, I think um, we're going to try and offer a higher percentage this year of genre writing, which we're still not really entirely clear what the tech sector loves, but, um, you know, more mystery. I will drop a big hint that we are having a huge science fiction author who lives mm-hmm. here who had a motion picture made with his book mm. and he, this is his first appearance at Litquake and I expect that will sell out. Yeah. So um, we're, we're you kind heard of, it here first. <laughs> actually, we can we can talk more about this mid-July when things are, are more settled. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Come back mid-July. Uh, but speaking and again, this is another interesting thing that I wasn't sure if I was going to touch on or not, but so moving to the East Bay a little bit more, trying to keep up with, you know, the, the, the trends here in the city and the tastes here in the city. Uh, but you did a few years ago, I guess 10 years ago now, you started the Barbary Coast Award. Yes. And at the same time, again, that you're also expanding across the nation. So is that partially in recognition of, I mean, it did start here. Litquake is nonetheless still really rooted in San Francisco and kind of the, the older tradition that's not just about today, but, but, but that tr- literary tradition that we have here in the city. Definitely, that's one of the reasons we started the Barbary Coast Award was just, uh, honestly, to give ourselves just a really, you know, kick-ass party uh-huh, <laughs> in uh-huh. the middle of the of the week um, in which we honored somebody who had done so much for the literary scene here, really put it on the map. And we've given awards to Armistead Maupin, um, Amy Tan, uh, Michael Krasny, uh, just, you know, a lot of different people who, who really contribute. Um, we felt like that was important since we were beginning to export, if you will, you know, the lit crawl to different cities. We wanted to make sure we remained, you know, Bay Area centric. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, last year you actually honored 10 literary legends from the Bay Area. Did you just have a lot of difficulty Choosing one, you know, that was actually two years ago. That oh, much two years, I 2016. Do You're yes. right. Sorry, 2016. Yeah, See, I, yeah. I, there I you do got know. me. You got me. Yeah. History just gets washed away. <laughs> yeah, um, that was kind of it. Yeah, we we wanted to see what would happen if we did um, a good number of people for kind of different reasons. You know, we did Maxine Hong Kingston, and that was when we honored Michael Krasny and. Um, but also booksellers and people that are the kind of, we almost called it the unsung heroes of, mm-hmm. of the, of the publishing scene. But, um, yeah, so we're, I think cause Jack and I have a collective case of ADD every year. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, how can we reinvent ourselves this year? So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Well, it, it's, it's a city that's in a, area bay area that's saturated with um options in terms of fabulous theater fabulous music you know so you have to you have to keep keep up well and it too is always changing right yeah so yeah change is the only constant Mm -hmm. so one thing that's of interest to me and i alluded to this uh a moment ago but uh you know 85 percent of your events are actually last year 86 percent of your events were free Mm mm-hmm 
And we are in one of the most, either the most expensive, the second most expensive, depending on the news article that you read, you know, on any given day. We're either the most expensive or Manhattan's more expensive. But regardless, it's really expensive here. Yeah. How do you manage to do that, particularly when you're hosting 180 events in 160 venues? Um, how do you make the vast majority of them free? What's your business model here? You know, um, every time we have a board meeting, our board looks at us and says the same <laughs> question. Are you sure you uh, want to make all of this They asked me to ask free? you. I know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who's, who's bribing you to say this? Um, part of it is just that the lit crawl has become so... Um, I don't want to say top heavy. It's not top heavy, but it's become almost half of the entire festival. And, you know, we've entertained ideas for how to charge for it, but there is no good way to do it and keep, keep the vibe of, of the lit crawl, which is, you know, I mean, there's nothing more joyful to anybody than seeing young people because it does tend to be a younger demographic, you know, 20 somethings, leaving their game consoles behind and running down, you know, Valencia street with their program going, Ooh, I'm going to go to this next. And it's um, a paper program. It's a paper program. Yeah. Well, it's just helpful, you know? No, I know. But point being, they're not looking at their cells for five minutes. Exactly. Also. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, there's no good way to charge for that. So that's, that's the thing. I mean, we have been trying to charge for more things during the week. Um, but there's just some things that need to be free. They just need to be free. Yep. You know, whether yep. it's a kid's author or, you know, whatever. So. Right. And so one of the ways that your um, board lets you get away with that is you do, you do, um, you have lattes for Litquake. Yeah. And I love the names of the different oh, um, sponsorship levels. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about that? And hopefully some people will uh, buy some lattes. Well, if you go to litquake.org, you'll see a, a sign for lattes for Litquake. We just, we're trying to think of... Um, a way that we could join the ranks of uh, PBS or whatever and just do the monthly thing. And $10 a month, um, that's two lattes, basically. And it, it kind of disappears from your wallet anyway, so why not give it to Litquake? Disappear it to Litquake. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we just had various facetious levels, like, you know, soy latte with a shot of something or another. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. That's thing. for 15 yeah. a month. Yes. For 25 a month, vanilla no-foam latte with whip. Um, <laughs> presumably, you can also get that as a soy option. You don't specify that, but I'm assuming I'm for those that are non-dairy. Could, yes. Right. And then for 50 bucks a month, I mean, this seems like a bargain. Matcha, matcha, I don't even know what that is. I think that's a tea. Is a matcha matcha kind is of like a green tea. Is yeah. that like, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that kind of a chai sort of thing? Yes. But anyway, matcha, caramel latte with an extra shot. I mean, that's just 50 bucks a month. That sounds kind of gross like, to me, to be honest I wouldn't you. actually drink that, but I'm just playing along <laughs> to like help drum up support for Litquick. But yeah, matcha, caramel latte with an extra shot, 50 bucks a month. However, if you're giving 50 bucks a month, I bet you could ask for a different drink. You probably could ask for a variety of things if you're giving 50 bucks a month. I mean, we're always, always fundraising. I mean, being we're a nonprofit, of course, but um, because we do give so much of our programming away um, and we're a very shoestring organization, very few people on staff, you know, we depend heavily on volunteers and a a kick-ass production committee that will, you know, come in and help put events together but um yeah lattes for like quick we, we thought why not run it up the flagpole and see if anyone salutes so we're having some fun with that because by the way speaking of who salutes because right now prior to the lit uh, the lattes for lit quake only two percent make meaning of the attendees only two percent 
make meaningful donations. So there's 80, we've got a lot of people out there, myself included, who go to Lit Quake for free. Although actually I went to quite a few, uh, I went to a few paid events last year, but still I go to Lit Crawl for free. And uh, so I'm going to be buying a latte and I encourage everyone who's listening to buy oh, a latte. Thank you. Not a matcha caramel latte with the extra shot because again, it, it sounds gross, it sounds, yeah. but, um, but something. So, but you just mentioned volunteers. Yes. So if people can't or they're not, it's not a good time for them to buy a latte, they could volunteer. So how would they go about that? Uh, again, you could go to litquake.org and there's a look for the little drop down that says volunteer. And I believe there's, there'll be an email uh an email address there and you can just email us and, they'll reach and out. we'll start looking in seriousness in about a month, you know, for volunteers for the actual festival, um, yeah. because we need a couple hundred of them. A couple hundred. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering how many, can you uh, volunteer if you're reading or is that sure. too complicated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just would work around oh, for the lit crawl. Yeah. For the lit crawl. Oh, because sure. that's right. We're not only just talking about the lit crawl. We're talking about the entire the whole festival. The whole festival. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, okay. every event, um, whether it costs money or not, we need people to hand out programs and kind of give directions and that kind of thing. So, so there's lots to so be done. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about as time has gone on, popular demand has driven Lit Quake to expand further and further. And I think we already mentioned this, uh, that you're now in other cities. Yes. Tell us. And, and it's not the Lit Quake Festival in general, but you specifically have crawl. exported the Lit Crawls. Exactly. Right. So what are some of the cities that you have migrated oh, to? Man. Um... I, I kind of have to envision the United States and starting at the Northwest, we've got Seattle, Portland, obviously San Francisco, Los Angeles, and then Austin, Chicago, Denver, uh, let's see. Minnesota. It just says Minnesota, Minnesota I think but I'm mi- pretty sure that's not a city. I, Minneapolis. <laughs> okay, I, believe, yeah. that's, I think this is the first year for them. Boston, New York, of course, has yeah. been going a long time. Yeah. Um, and then, and and by the way, I should add that we don't produce these. The beauty of the lit crawl is that there, there's a formula. And, for example, the Seattle crawl got started. It was one of the first because someone on the Litquake committee, production committee, moved to Seattle. And after about a year, she raised her hand and said, I totally could do this here, you know, give, give me advice. And so we give them a website and we give them, you know, we just give, we kind of guide them through it. And, and then other times like, um, Helsinki, Finland, yeah. somebody had read about us and said, how do we do this? We want to do this here. That's great. And London and, uh, Cheltenham, England is a big one because they have the Cheltenham festival, which is huge literary festival. So this is part of that. And then, um, Wellington, Wellington, New Zealand. And then there might be one in Australia this year too. Uh So, okay. I, I know I didn't name them all. There's probably 15 total. Okay. But, um, it's it's a kind of a beautiful thing because we it lets us create sort of this network of of these cool events brings books and authors to people and uh doesn't cost us a dime okay. even better and yeah. your board loves that <laughs> yeah, board you don't have that. to sell lattes in oh, in, in ireland and, yeah oh in or ireland Helsinki. that's and we did have one in ireland this year i actually too. have two kells and and some other and belfast belfast yep uh okay so we've talked uh, the festival, we've talked the Lit Crawl, which is part of the festival, the the climax to the festival, if you will. But you guys also do a lot of stuff year-round. Yes. And you recently started a new, a relatively new program, I believe, called Comfort Lit. 
Yes. Do you want to talk about that? I do. This, I think, takes us back to the beginning of the conversation a little bit. It does. Yeah, words matter. Um, the, it's, last year, after Trump was inaugurated, um, we um, started a series at SF Main Library called No Shadow Without... No no Light Without Shadow or something you. like no that? Thank you. No Shadow Light. Without Light. Sorry. Yeah. It was a quote from um, Margaret Atwood saying, there can be no resistance unless there is... Oh my God, I'm going to butcher it. In any case... Just watch The Handmaiden's Tale. Exactly. We were trying to... Um, or read, kind of sorry. Organi- read we we organized Tale. a series of like every six weeks panels at the library with authors on a topic that were speaking kind of specifically to the political terror of the day we had immigration we had um political cartoonists we had journalists we had you know and when we thought about reprising that for this year and doing it again at the library jack and i realized we were a little bit burned out on on the you know fire breathing chest thumping and so we thought what else could we do and we kind of came up with this notion of comfort lit books that make you feel better yeah and it almost seems like something you'd think of after you've had one too many to drink, but it, and it kind of felt <laughs> well. That's like how that. the whole festival started, I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so we've decided we decided to do it at our home base of Mechanics Institute Library, and it's free. And these are lunchtime things, and we've had books on um, a food, you know, sort of cheerful things: romance, food, travel. Um, we've got a, um, our next one is. In July, end of July, oh my gosh, what's his name? He's Roman. He's, Ro, yeah, Who's, Muradov. Muradov. Yes. Muradov. Who is has written a book called "On Doing Nothing," and it's about how we can save our sanity by chilling. Amen. Know, and that kind Amen. of thing. So these, this is a series that we put together that we think it answers the need for um, a better quality of life through books by maybe a little escapism. We're all painfully aware of the news, I think, now. We don't need to make people upset. People are already upset, so we're trying to answer the need of, yeah. Lots of people upset yesterday, in a good way. In a good way? At the protests all across the country. Yes, wonderful. I was thrilled to see how many came out. Yeah, I think there were 700 Even in my tiny town of Half Moon Bay. Oh, yeah? Well, and I saw, I have a friend up in Eureka. Eureka had one. So there were, they were everywhere. Yeah, and I was here in Civic Center. Uh, okay, so that is Comfort Lit Books That Make You Feel Better. If you are in San Francisco, again, t- what day was, are those? Lunchtime? They're Tuesdays, Tuesdays. at yeah. lunchtime. Uh-huh. Okay. And then another two other upcoming ones. I'll mention Look Big and Other Tips for Surviving, for surviving Animal Encounters of All Kinds because Rachel, who I have not actually met, but uh, she's going to be on an upcoming show in, oh, I can't remember when it is, she's, September or she's something. She's very funny. Yeah. Well, and I've had a lot, I've had some mountain lion encounters and things. So we were emailing back and forth and I said, oh, your book, I'm so excited about your book. You know, <laughs> she's like, oh, well, I want to hear about your, your mountain lion encounters. So we had, we had a nice email exchange and I'm looking forward to having her here and talking about her book. And then the other one that you do have on the schedule while we're on the subject, A Year Off, A Story About Traveling the World and How to Make It Happen for You by Alexandra and David Brown. Lots of people are doing that these days, mm-hmm. anyone who can figure it out. Uh, but then another thing that's really exciting are your uh, masterclass, masterclass mixers. Do you want to talk about that well, a we, little bit? We started those about three years ago um, because we had such good connections now. We have such a good Rolodex of, of authors who 
like us. And so we thought, why not or offer like these three-hour seminars with um, authors who maybe don't necessarily teach for a living, but um, are, are big-time authors. Yeah, like maybe know? they won the 2010 Pulitzer, I for know. example. Yeah, exactly. Go or hang out with the... I mean, <laughs> we've got... Styles. And now we have another one in the city, I guess. But yeah, well, I was looking at, at TJ Style. Wow, yeah. okay, that's a good guy to, yeah, to uh, study with. Yeah, that's a good guy for, to, to, hear, to hear talk. Um, so, um, yeah, that's Masterclass Mixers. And um, can I make a brief plug for our Please Elder do. Project, too? Well, that's, that was on next on the, the next agenda. Set, yeah. So just go with it. Well, yeah. that's it's something called the Lickquake Elder Project. And it came to mind about two years ago when we were brainstorming Kidquake, which is our children's programming at Lickquake, where we give kids a free book some of them have never had a book before these are really little kids without a lot of means in in a lot of cases so we give them books and um i thought you know how could we it just makes us feel wonderful to do this program and so the kids I thought, program. What, the kids program. Yeah. So I thought well what about for seniors that um maybe don't get a lot of encouragement to tell their stories. And so we created something called the elder project and it goes into senior centers, you know, sometimes residencies, um, what do you call them? Assisted living type yeah. places, yeah. uh, with teachers, real teachers. And they work with the, with the seniors on, um, writing their stories either in poetry or prose form. And, um, oh my gosh, it's just so incredibly moving and yeah. beautiful to see. Yeah. 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 That was my reaction when I, when I saw that, that project or that program that you guys have, I thought, you know, we can't give enough attention to the kids. It's great. So the more we can give to kids, educating them, inspiring them, getting them to write, you know, fantastic. But I thought in addition that it was great that, wait, well, what about the elders? What yeah. about, you know, who are so often forgotten, who are so often forgotten, and who have lived these long, complete, full lives and have so much to share with us. And yet we do often, particularly in our culture, where it's all about, and, and just probably the West in general, right? It's new, 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 new. Mm -hmm. It's what's right now. It's the latest iPhone, whatever. Um, so yeah. So when I saw that you you were doing that, I thought that's that's fantastic. Um, have you have you taught any of those? Just at, no, yeah. I haven't. Just, I've, yeah. I I feel like it takes a special person to work with people who are. Some of them are not so senior. Some of them are very very senior with all that goes with that in terms of memory issues sure. and whatnot. And um, I I don't think I'm really the right person. And the people we have that do or do it are just phenomenal. Lisa Galloway is the name of the woman who coordinates the program and she's phenomenal okay and at the end uh there's an anthology so yes. they create these works and a create little an anthology book. it's so yeah. cute yes yeah. okay. with it with original art by them too that's awesome yeah all right and i'm writing that down because I, that would be that would be something that would be a great what did you say her name was lisa lisa who? galloway lisa galloway i can give you her contact yeah if you yeah because that sounds like a whole other wonderful a chat. wonderful show yeah yeah, yeah seriously yeah. Uh, okay, so let me move ahead here because I'm I'm conscious of the time. I could, we could talk more about that, but like I said, maybe we will. Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about um, before we move on, and maybe this will be kind of our is the free books. 
I yes. said at the beginning that you guys last year gave away, I think, 800 was this 800 statistic. 800 or 1,000, I forgot. 8, 800, we'll round up to 1,000 yeah, yeah. either way. <laughs> um, so just tell me more about that. How does that, is that through the kids program? Kid Quake, yeah. Kid Quake, so maybe, maybe we can talk a little so bit we, about that. Yeah, Kid Quake is two days of the festival, um, the first two days, actually, and we have um, two amazing coordinators for Kid Quake, um, Summer John Laurie and uh, Deborah Krant, and they um, organize authors to come in and speak to assemblies of children in the San Francisco Main Library in that beautiful auditorium. And the teachers, um, you know, come do little presentations. And in another classroom, we might have them doing sort of an interactive. Um, uh, you know, dress up like a Shakespeare character kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, we find sources for book giveaways that, because there are a surprising number of publishers who just want to, to give children's books. And, um, you know, the most uh, that we, the most meaningful letter I think we've ever gotten at Litquake was from a child, you know, that they go back to their schools and then the teacher asks them to write thank you notes, which are so cute. I bet. And um, it's like a five-year-old or whatever. And she wrote, until today, I didn't know that books came from people. Oof. And it was so, it was like a thunderbolt. And you uh. think, you know... Because books just are. When you're that little, you're like, you know, I have a one-year-old granddaughter and she she eats them, right? So she, she, <laughs> she doesn't think that some human uh -huh. being like created this thing she's right. gnawing on, right? right. But, um, but when you put a person in front of a group of children and maybe some of them struggle at home, you know, economically, and then they see that this person that looks like them, because we, we try very hard for diversity in mm -hmm. Kid Quake and throughout the festival, um, that she has accomplished this incredible thing. And I just can't even estimate what the impact of that is on oh, a child. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're very... Kid Quake's been around almost as long as Lake Quake. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's been around, been around a long, a long time. time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we have a couple minutes. Tell me really quickly about Poetic Tuesdays before we run off here. So Poetic Tuesday is part of the Yerba Buena Gardens Festival. I kind of garbled that. Yerba Buena <laughs> it's a tough one. Gardens Festival. Yeah. And um, they came to Litquake a few years ago and asked if we would help curate um, a monthly day of poetry. Um, not day of poetry. It's a lunchtime thing uh, with... Um, and we we actually sort of sub sub curate to a poet who invites people to come and do readings and it's in the sunshine, hopefully sunshine. And it's just a yep. beautiful event yep. and uh, gets lit quakes name out there. So yeah, we have things all year, even lots though, going on, even though we've got the main festival in October. Right. So you just turned 18, which means lit quake is legally an adult. <laughs> That's right. So is there anything, you know, is it, like I said, I think again earlier, is it, is it just more, bigger, uh, you know, trying to get better, you know, always trying to kind of up the game or is there anything you haven't done that you really are sort of aiming for insofar as looking ahead? Oh boy. World domination. World I think domination. Would be good. Yes. But short of that. If someone's uh, going to dominate the world, I might be okay with <laughs> Litquake okay. doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, I would like to have uh, 
really, really huge names come in and do Litquake. Um, but, but economically speaking, we're not really set up to be able to compete with other organizations in town that have ten and fifteen thousand dollars appearance fee monies okay. to get the Salman Rushdies and people like that. Yeah. So I think that for us would be the next level, quote unquote. Um, in the meantime, we do our damnedest to get some really amazing authors in, and you do, and yeah. and, and expose Seriously. people to new voices too. Yeah. So kind of a, a balance between the two. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, anything you want to tell us about this year's festival before we run off? I know it's not happening until October. I know you said the announcement in July, so it might be premature, but anything, any other hints you want to drop? A huge science fiction writer. Yeah. Huge science fiction writer. Huge, huge. Maybe the hugest. (laughs) Maybe the hugest. Um, and actually uh, speaking of science fiction, I think, uh, a science fiction writer who recently passed away, a uh, female, has a documentary about her coming out, and we will be screening that and having a very big name East Bay author uh, in conversation with the filmmaker. So that's cool. Okay. I feel like I'm just, I don't know, talking to TMZ or something here. Hey. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's wait. Did I was that? I don't know if was that good that she said that. I'm not so sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I won't. I won't make you say anything else. I won't make you divulge any more secrets. But hopefully that was enough to get people excited and get them wondering. I think I'm pretty sure who that last one was that you were just referring to. Uh, but in closing here, let's say the festival runs, or let's remind people rather the festival runs from October 11th to October 20th. Right. Is that true? Because you said, Correct. I think you said it was going to be 11 days, though, at the beginning, and that's nine. Are the dates still? October 11th through 20th. That oh, is... wait, 11, that's true. I'm not. I'm horrible with math, especially when I'm on the air. So never mind. 12. I guess that would be, because I did 20 18th, minus 11. 19th, 20th, so that's 10 days. I'm, it's somewhere between nine and 11. <laughs> <laughs> like this is why we're writers and not two, mathematicians. Two English majors. All right. The there you go. How many to screw in a light bulb? All right. However many days it is, we know that it's from <laughs> October 11th to October 20th this year. Give Lattes for Litquake to make it even better than it's already going to be and always is. Twenty months, $25 a month is a vanilla no-foam latte with whip. Try beating that. Like Jane said, you won't even miss it from your wallets. Uh, and then, of course, volunteer. Links, litquake.org. And of course, if you would like to know more about Jane and all the other stuff she does, which like we, like I said in the intro, it's, there's a lot there, including the cats, which maybe we'll talk about some other time. Uh, JaneGanal.com. That of course will be on the website, but uh, Ganal is G-A-N-A-H-L.com. Jane, thank you very much for being here today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. So appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thanks.